Today, we have an exceptional guest. She is the group leader for workforce development in the Strategic Security Sciences Division at Argonne National Laboratory. She is a subject matter expert in cybersecurity workforce, workforce development, easy for me to say. <laughs> and she leads something called the Cyberforce Program that oversees several collegiate cybersecurity efforts to build the pipeline of future security professionals. She has led strategic studies with the Department of Homeland Security Office of Cyber and Infrastructure Analysis. She's authored and co-authored at least 21 papers that I know of. She was once my customer and I consider her a friend and she's also a survivor and she's an all around amazing human being. So Amanda Thiel, welcome to Azure to the Core. Was that a prepared introduction or what? I think you just made that up. (laughs) All of that is made up now. 100% true. I think you made that up. I always like the little things that they got wrong, like you might say. Uh, The whole co-authoring of the 21 papers thing, I don't know what you're talking about. But I read it on your LinkedIn, so I think it's true. It's kind of like reading it on Wikipedia. Yeah, that's totally true still. Good. Nice. We're not a excited. day over 21. Good. Yeah, not a day over 21 and 21 day over 21. days. <laughs> Amanda, I just wanted to say how impressed I am with your sharing on LinkedIn about being your celebration <laughs> about you know, technically celebrating being cancer free for six years. Uh, yeah, I read that too. again today. It's like, oh my gosh. And the picture with your family, just amazing. Yeah, no, it is six years. It was a surprise in the first place. In in essence, my older sister had breast cancer. I tested positive for the gene. So I did kind of um, regular testing, um, but she never really expected until it happens, I guess, in essence. But yeah, six years, I guess, flies by super fast. And I guess the difficulty, I like I said, no one really realizes until you come up on five or six years when you start to not see doctors anymore on stuff is like the now the unknown of like, I no longer have my crutch of seeing a doctor every year, every couple of months of like, hey, everything's good, right? Um, right. Of just being like, uh, you know, they're like, you're good, go back into the world, like wild animal. And it's like, but I liked hanging out with you now for the last five or six years. Don't you want to see me anymore? And so, yeah, but you know, it's fun. And, but it's, it's really um, still one of those things where it's trying to explain to a seven-year-old boy that, you know, what happened and obviously like terms that he can understand, but also because it's a a gene that he could have later on trying to have, you know, constantly carrying that of trying to make sure that like he's ready to go to be tested of age at the time in which it comes to that point. So it's exciting. It's nerve wracking, but you know, you keep going. I think you're the perfect guest for cybersecurity month. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate yeah, we totally, it. Totally agree with that. Well, I think you're the perfect guest because you persevered. You have this gravity about you and a strength that you've brought from your personal situation and surviving cancer to 
building one of the most amazing and impactful programs on the planet. And I feel like it has a large part of you in it. Uh, and we really want to get to the heart of some of those stories and that impact. Um, we just couldn't be more grateful to have you here with us. Well, I'm excited to be here. Let's talk about the program because maybe yeah. not everybody knows what a cyber force competition even is. Right. There is a cyber force competition coming up. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. So uh, the cyber force competition is the main uh, competition under the cyber force program that we run on behalf of the Department of Energy. The competition this year for me is I'm super happy it's back in person only. Ooh, uh, people so are going to be excited about that. Wow. I know. At, well, at least I'm super excited about it. Let's put it that way. And it's in one location. So we're in the St. Charles, Illinois area at the Q Center. Um, but the competition itself is meant to bring together several universities from around the United States in team aspect for them to defend operational technology and information technology infrastructure that's simulated. So our goal is to ultimately help bridge the gap of what potentially educational systems may not get to and or help bolster the skills that students already have in order to kind of help feed and or give hands-on learning and experience to the students who are ready to go into industry or to get a job. We're hearing a lot of feedback that when we have people who are applying to jobs or looking, they say, I don't have experience or I'm not getting the right job because I don't even know what to write down on my resume. And what we provide in the competition is this almost live fire action of day-to-day -day tasking of, you know, you really have to think through risk benefit, decision-making, very quick on your feet. You have to keep users up and running. You have to think through your defense mechanisms of what's worth it to keep things running, but also making sure users are still able to use your system. You have your regular tasks that your boss might throw down at you that might not be your normal job, but you got to go, okay, well, how do I prioritize that against someone's trying to attack my system? Then you have everything else that goes on in between of just keeping your normal system afloat. And so we kind of ensure that we have students work on that throughout the day to just kind of keep things status quo. And Amanda, this is just for college students, right? So they have to they're not, it's not, this is, you've got another competition that is also professionals, right? Is that right? So this one currently is set for just college students. The program itself, we are currently evaluating to see what makes most sense for us to kind of venture out into that. We've been okay. using the non-traditional um, language of those that are either, again, looking for something to transition, to promote their skills or whatnot. So right now it's still set at that collegiate level, but we are working at what makes sense and how do we promote okay. to the right audiences. So when they do this competition, they're in a team of four Correct. to six people. It sounds pretty intense. Like this is on the job training basically before you get into a job. Yeah. Yes. Real world, real yeah. world type experience. It sounds yeah. like not just the classroom. 
which is so it's, important. <laughs> it's a lot of work for them. And we know that. And in part, like we're definitely not expecting teams to be perfectionists in this. Like we know there's holes, mm-hmm. we know there's going to be mistakes, but we look at what we're giving you is, you know, when you go to an interview, if you were to interview the very next day after Cyberforce, you mm-hmm. have so many different things that you could highlight on what you as a student did for yourself in your team that you have just a plethora of opportunity to highlight. And then on top of that, and this is the business side of me, outside of you know being in cyber, I grew up on the business side of cyber, I heavily emphasize the soft skills for the students as well. So we also have a writing and a speaking engagement in the competition that they oh, have cool. to do. I love that. So, they probably heavily despise me for that. <laughs> but to the point, we, at the end of the day, like when they're in an interview, they have to be able to communicate. And on top of it, they need to know how to communicate, even if they were in a technical role, the accurate information, either in a technical or non-technical way to their managers or to whomever they need to speak with, um, whether it's a customer or whatnot. And then they also, in our writing aspect, it's like documentation of like, what are you doing and why are you doing it? So if you're putting a firewall in place, why are you doing that? Is it, you know, if you cleared a vulnerability, what did you do? How did you find it? So that they better understand when you get to a job, if there's not documentation there, like realize how much of a pain in the butt that is now. But if you implement that, it'll be 10 times better for you later when you have to either make a change, make an update, or just kindly for the next person when you choose to leave, that they don't have to start at ground zero like you did to figure out like, what does this company even have? Especially for the small companies that a lot of these students were trying to, you know, suggest is energy companies that, you know, if you're in rural Mississippi, it's a one man show if you don't know what they have, you're kind of starting at nothing. Right. I, I like what that. you said. Oh, sorry. We both love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, love it. Love it. Double love. I just I double love. I love what you said about the holes and mistakes, though, because that made me think, you know, a- academically or in academia or, uh, you know, any kind of even when we prepare on our side, like a demo, a workshop type thing, right? Everything generally goes perfectly when it's a scripted out step one step two install this step three install this and boom voila look you're protected everything worked really well but i think it's kind of cool that you introduce the all these elements of surprise so there are holes and mistakes and those while a lot of times it's difficult for people to maybe deal with those at the time when you go into that interview or you go whatever in into that next step and you're talking to an employer you could talk about some mistakes, some things that happened, you know, that you learned from. And that's, I think that's more powerful than maybe just learning from a, a recipe book that everything was perfect <laughs> steps one through 10 and you were done. Exactly. And I mean, I think that's in part the point that we try to, in, for some students are very easy to, for them to understand that like what, or even if they put a defense in and while red team just got right through that, it was, we left this port open still, or whatever the case was, they've learned from it. And for us, we're like, take that as a means of saying, 
we learned from our mistake and how did you learn from your mistake and what would you have done differently later? That's an easy way to your point, like interviews when they say like, what did you do? I was in Cyberforce and this is what I did. And it's an easy talking point of showing that you learned a lesson and how would you change because it shows that you're able to adapt to situations. It might not be a one-to-one to someone's environment, but it shows that you have that ability to quickly change. Yeah, but if you, you just, mm-hmm. exactly, if you come to it and you say like, well, I, we fixed everything we were perfect and, mm-hmm. you know, golly gee, we got a hundred percent. Like, well, what did you do? You know, like yeah. we can't put a million dollar firewall in place here. Our budget's mm-hmm. like 10 K. What are we going to do now? It, I don't know, you know, shruggy emoji here. Like, I mean, <laughs> what do you, what do you do then? Plus so. the landscape is not going to stay the same either. Also the, the criminal elements, uh, you know, they're going to be looking for any type of vulnerability and changing things up. So being able to teach the ability to critically think and adapt as you go through is super, super important. Yeah, no, that's totally a, a great point too, Shelly, that like our, we do red team as well in kind of a threefold for this competition. We do it in your we'll call it like a traditional red team. So like pen testing. So defend your architecture in the best way possible within our rules, which I know students don't like our rules, but like we ultimately require it for uh, a level playing field. They're college students. So obviously some college have some extensive budgets for their programs and whatnot. And some colleges have no budgets for their programs. And also because we're the ones that host this stuff, like, we're not going to eat thousands of dollars on teams that decide like, hey, I learned that if I just put this really expensive firewall in place, Argon's going to eat that instead. So everything has to be free, open source, or like a trial, like a free trial. And that requires everyone that participates can play at the same level. Otherwise, if it's a paid version, it has to be available to every .edu, and you have to be able to prove that it's available to every .edu. So if it's a paid, normally would be paid for any of us normal folk, um, but schools get it for free, you can use it then. That way then it's, if another school doesn't use it, that's on them, but like you can use it. Yeah, Um, at least they had access to it. They had access to it, exactly. But at the end of the day, so we do a traditional one where red team's going to regularly kind of try to get into your system. Then we have, we call it kind of like our whack-a-mole, uh, what they're calling it this year. Then we have our, uh, where we already have invested plenty of vulnerabilities into your, their systems. And our job is we kind of just script to make sure, have you fixed them? If you haven't, our scripts will come back saying that we've succeeded and still finding the same holes. If not, if they come back as a fail, that means you've done a fabulous job and like good to go for your rest of the competition. And then our third one is what we call our assumed breach, which is we have several virtual machines that the teams have to play with, assuming that the red or your attacker or your bad actor is already on the machine. So what we have them walk through is basically go into this directory and find X file. And then we basically have them work through an attack kill chain of like, how do you get this person out or how do you clean up 
this malicious file or whatever you find on there that we work them through. And so instead of just saying, how do we live fire, just push people out? It's how do we try to actually knowing most times it's because we find them in there. How do we work it that way of, you know, all right, we found a bad file in there. Let's get them out. But now how do we actually subsequently like clean and work our way back to understand how long have they been there? Let's look at the logs. Let's figure this out until I get to the final like step. When you talk to companies about the competition, which part of those elements do they like the best? Yes. I, uh, yeah. I love this part. The ranked so up think- intensity. Yeah, all of it. All of it. It feels like the intensity level can get really (laughs) high in the room, which is very true to life when when you're out in the real world. You have over a hundred teams, right? Yes, we have over a hundred teams. That's huge. Um, this year in person, which to to add, I mean, we've had bigger, but we've used to be distributed across the United States. So we used to have ten locations pre-pandemic. Where then pandemic hit, we were virtual. Last year we did hybrid. This year we're only in person, one location. So honestly, this is the most humans ever had in person at one spot. Wow. So it's gonna be a party. Is how yeah. I yeah. like it. A two-day yeah. party. A big party. But I think what companies, when we talk to like the energy companies and even tech companies and whatnot, I think it's one, I think they really love the fact that we hone in on soft skills. It's one of those things that like, they're like, oh, it's a cyber comp- or competition. You know, there's a lot of them out there kind of ordeal, like what it makes you special. And one, I think they love the speaking portion and the writing. But also, I just think in general, it's the fact that we throw so much at them at one time that really at the end of the day, it requires a lot of you know, again, from the business, I mean, like the risk benefit, like you really have to make a determination whether you want to be first place or not. It's really like a risk versus reward. Do I spend my time right now on keeping red team out or do I spend my time ensuring my users are happy, you know, that I can keep them going? Or is it, I have to, if my users are just going to have to deal with that, they can't access my website until I get red team figured out on what they're even doing because they keep putting a cat meme up on my website. You know, they have to look at the risk versus the reward on some of it. And that includes their defense mechanisms, their communication out and all that stuff. I find that a lot of the, and then to the point, if they come, they do to your point, but like they see the energy in the room from the students, both positive and both negative, you know, it's not, nothing is both sad to see a team when they first get hit from a red team and you just can see on their face, oh my God, that was yeah. so simple. How yeah. did we miss that? Or yeah. to find yeah. out that they themselves misconfigured something. Which but happens like, in real life too. And you know, it's always, it's it's funny and it's sad, but like they'll come back to us. It's not working. It's not, I'm like, we don't touch your machines. It's not on yeah. us. What did you do? And they slowly after a while, they'll walk through oh, we were the ones that like, we're redirecting to ourselves or whatever the case is. And you're like, okay, so now you can fix it yourself. You know, that first 30 minutes of panic in their eyes, like can't, and they're just re-snapshotting back to themselves or re-implementing a VM on something and breathe for a moment here. We're okay. (laughs) 
So Sally has to tell me that all the time. So <laughs> Sally's a great, great anchor. We're okay. She yeah. is a great anchor. Yep. In the best possible way. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Amanda, I, I love the fact that you called out the business and professional skills, you know, because you technology changes every day. Yeah. But being able to communicate and be able to explain why you need to do something that's super important, especially when it comes to security, because I think people kind of back off, you know, that's, ooh, don't want to go down there. I think it's even more critical to have those professional business skills and being able to communicate and articulate, defend your position. And that's, I think, in large part why, well, I think one for me, I just is business side and I just love people to understand it all. But the more that people dive into the cyber and IT space, I think in just general for just cyber month, what I tend to find people is that whether you're technical or non-technical, they're and they're, you're like, I really want to be in cyber, but I'm not programming smart or I, you know, don't really understand networks. There's still a job for you. Can you speak? Can you write? And that's where for us and our side, like we're find someone that can speak because even if I can't program the greatest, I have people on my team that can program. If they can program it and I can go to, you know, the CEO, the CEO and explain, Hey, this is what we need for a better budget for then, or here's what the problem was or whatnot. But the people who are programming, I don't even have a single thing or want to talk to the next person above you, around you, or whatever, or here's the problem. And I I wouldn't even know how to explain it to them in something other than what actually happened. I can, you know, like that's where, how do you get the right people put together to put it in a non-technical format to the right people to be able to explain the business case? This is why we need another million dollars in our budget or Here's what happened yesterday and what's why we got like our our email system went down and not everyone can do dual hats. Sometimes it's nice to have people who have been in a completely different job and all of a sudden it's like, you know what, let's have the the person that can speak or have someone who's a creative writer to start writing, you know, some of our stuff or look through our making documentation for us because it honestly like we have so many open jobs and people who want to be in here, but it's, we pigeonhole ourselves into like, you must know programming, you must know every firewall known to mankind, every Perhaps. operating system to mankind. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Um, You're never going to know it all. You yeah. won't. Yeah. And the moment you do know something, it's mm-hmm. outdated. Like yeah. you said. Mm-hmm. Has that been a trend? I assume you have a lot of the same universities come back. So are you seeing the team dynamics change over time as well? So people are realizing that we need to bring someone that can speak to the business side where I would imagine early on, it was just a lot of, yep, super techie. We know how to defend against the cyber attack or we're, you know, that we're, we're highly on the technical side, but maybe not so much on the business side. I didn't know if, if you had seen evolution among the teams that way. I would definitely say teams that have returned. Yeah. Um, or I shouldn't say, maybe not to say the team, but the schools that have returned. School. Yeah. Um, I guess the know, kids graduate. Yeah, some they go on to so. actual but careers. the schools <laughs> that have returned definitely have We do have, have this started. seventh year team. They're really strong. They are. They're, they're still going strong. You perfected it. Um, 
you know, they start as a freshman, they're PhD candidates at this mm-hmm. point. We definitely have seen that they have, they're, they're at least they grasp that idea of that they, they want the right people on the team. So then they select their team. They still might have, a, all of their students might still come from a computer science or whatever, but they definitely take a look at those that make most sense or at least ensure they have one person on that team that can speak for this video that requires them, that we we have for them. And they make sure that they have someone, if it's not that same person that can, who's gonna do the documentation that knows that is very detail oriented that, you know, so, cause at the end of the day, like they're points that they're getting for this. So yes, you could really throw anyone into it, but, if you're coming to compete and you do want to win or you want to learn something, or maybe it's that person, I really want that job. I want to be a manager one day and I want to be able to be the person that interacts with the C-suite, with the COO or a manager above or whatever, then it gives them that opportunity to kind of role play it for something as really simple as a competition for a five minute video. And for us now, because we're so, big, we have them pre-recorded, turn it in ahead of time. So really you have that opportunity to like perfect this thing to like undoubtedly no end before you turn it in. Yes, we do see a lot of the teams that return get better. I actually will say I see more people with secondary majors that are something completely outside the realm of computer science, cybersecurity. And those are the ones that I always love to see. Their first one still that, but we got chemistry, a lot of like um, foreign languages. Okay, Um, that makes sense. Then, you know, we'll have some like math, which again, kind of makes sense. We have a lot of people that in the sciences and it's just kind of on, we've had English. Yeah, it makes Um, sense. It's like multi-sport athletes, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, same thing. Amanda's going to use that. She's going to call them a multi-sport athlete. Yeah, that, that's all. That's all yours. Yeah. That's a freebie yeah. right there. Yeah, you should use Thanks. that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll say it's from you. <laughs> Go for it, <laughs> Amanda. I think you would also your program also recruits a lot of volunteers. Uh, so are you also seeing different types of volunteers? Are you are you are they typically more on the technical side, or do you get a good blend? Are you actively recruiting those that focus more on the professional communication side? So we blend from all over. So really dependent on what we volunteer, our volunteer calls for will depend on where people fall in their lives, I guess we'll say. Our red team obviously kind of falls a little bit more on the technical side because we do ask a lot of them on our day of the competition. So we actually have them run through a very small capture the flag ahead of time just so that we kind of can make sure one that you know they have this baseline of what we're anticipating on doing on the day of competition and that way too it's kind of you know everyone's here's red team and it's like a, ooh, that's super cool but when we get to like the numbers that we have of 100 plus teams we we need people to be able to kind of keep everyone going since our volunteers are hybrid and they're not all in the same place, um, we don't just want any red teamer to, you know, fall behind and 
not be like, I have no idea what I'm doing anymore and get lost and either get quiet on us or whatnot. So our CTF is built in such a way to say like, Hey, are you able to do this? If not, it doesn't mean that you really can't participate. It just means that like, we're, we're going to need to build your skills up. Our green team volunteers, which are our user base that we utilize throughout the competition, those have skills from all over the spectrum. I like to call those, you ask your mom, your dad, your your brothers, your sisters, like, you know, I try to explain to people, literally when I think that it's like, it would be my grandma who literally, you know, barely knows how to turn on a computer. Right. Um, you can, our green team user is like, as long as you can turn, you know, use your basic functions of a computer, that's how we recruit for volunteers for our green team because they're following a very simplistic step-by-step quality assurance testing for our, our uh, college students. And so, and the, that time, I shouldn't say it was time restricted, but like their blocks of times for them is much smaller. So like, we're not asking them to stick around all day unless they really want to, but their chunk is much smaller but we've had people from, you know, the actual like vice presidents of like areas and companies. We've had National Guard members come. We've had um, this year we're going to have National Honor Society students from the high schools surrounding the area because they're I had a, one of my direct reports actually had an awesome idea. She's like, they're required to have volunteer hours. Yes. Wouldn't this be a good one? So awesome. I was like, yeah. Just- so, I mean, we had to have a good amount of them there, which again, here we go. We have high school students when they get to college, hopefully if they like this enough and they're interested in the field, you have them go right to their school. Let's and see if what you did there, us- Amanda. Yeah. You're recruiting them early. Next, she's going to be going for the middle schools. Oh, I don't know. That's, that's a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's too much. The Roblox version. I was thinking the three of us are qualified for the green team for sure. I mean, we can basically use a computer. We're... Basically. Sometimes. So. Yeah, basically. Sometimes. We can click Depends buttons. We can follow yeah. a script. Yeah. I think it would be actually kind of fun to volunteer for that. Do you get volunteers for just for the competition or are there other opportunities throughout the year? So we also do. So Cyberforce competition, like I said, is one portion of the Cyberforce program. Under our whole program is three other competitions that we run that are virtual. And then, so those again, we did starting in the pandemic as a means to make sure that we were not losing any students and to keep people's skills up and running. That's our Conquer the Hill series. I don't want people to forget about those for students who of course, are following this podcast and they're going to hear that and I want them to not forget. Um, But then where we get volunteers and for other talks is we have host quarterly webinars. So we pick topics. Ours is not uh, anything near your podcast here, but um, we usually kind of pick a topic, whether it's topical in like random nature of like, you know, something going on and we're just trying to go through. Our last one we did was on the benefits of career fairs and like attending career fairs or job fairs. So we got, and I call them volunteers because, you know, they're doing it on their precious free time, is we got like someone who helps people with building out their resumes and like helping them with interview prep. Oh, that's Um, cool. And then we really also cool. had some folks that were recruiters 
that came on. And then we had one of the participants who actually attended one of our career fairs to kind of talk through all the different angles of it um, throughout the day. And so we do typically stuff like that where then, you know, if we can get volunteers rather so they don't have to listen to my voice every quarter. Um, You've got a great voice, though. You do. Thanks. Um, Smooth pipes. Try these days. We do that with our volunteers as well. Nice. Um, but Cyberforce is the competition is our biggest volunteer. Big one. Yeah. It's a big kahuna. Yeah. I don't know, Bill. I think we're going to have to volunteer for, for one of those things. I think we're, I'm going to volunteer yeah. Sally for it. Sally, are you ready? Okay. I'm all in. I actually kind of want to bring my mom in. My mom has very basic knowledge of a computer, but yes. she could really do this. I'm kind of into it. Green there team. you go. Yep. Yep. I love it. it. Amanda, I have a quick question for you. Okay. Um, like, oh no, she's putting me on the spot. Uh-oh. Um, just part of, I'm just curious, how do you measure the impact or effectiveness of your cybersecurity programs that you're in your initiatives that you're doing? You would ask the tough questions. What did you say? It's a tough one. It's a <laughs> tough oh one. I, it's actually I a tough one for us. Tough. Oh my goodness. Oh, and you know what? We can I'm edit a... that right on out. No, no, you're okay. So Obviously, the program is built more specifically. It's meant to be for the energy sector. What is the energy sector? Is the question that I've always kind of postulated back is, you know, like, how, how do we want to define the energy sector? Because is the nas- do they consider the national labs part of that? Do they consider headquarters of DOE part of that? Or is this just like the utilities? And in energy is we're we're still fully defining like in whose eyes and how eyes are is things done. In our eyes, it's really at the end of the day the number of students that come out with jobs, and whether that's in energy or wherever. Yeah. Um, I also at the end of the day look at, and I know not everyone agrees with me. When I get students that come back and say, and, and even mentors, so a professor will be, for us, is considered a mentor from a university. When I have mentors that come to me and say, my entire team got offered a job at the same, like the whole comp, the company came and said, I want that team. Wow. That happened? To, and wow. That, that happened? That would be awesome. huge. To me, that's yeah. impactful because that means we're, we must be doing something right. Right. Because we're showing that the competition works in, and whether that's directly impacting energy or the tech industry, or even just in general industry and filling jobs that we're needing in cybersecurity, the, the fact that the competition is sought after and able to be utilized as a means of saying like, it's showing that these these students have the experience and actually have something to fall back on as a means of I did this and I can prove it is to us something that not again and I don't bash any other competitions out there but it's just it's such a live fire and it really like they have to prove it because all the teams come totally prepared on this day to go so it's just yeah. whether you're first place or last place, everyone leaves with learning something new to be able to show, you know, hey, I hope I can get a job tomorrow if I really wanted to. And 
that whole team that was offered wasn't even a first place winner. wasn't a second and wasn't a third. The mere fact is that like that company just said that whole team proved that they can do what we need. And it was like a pickup and move. I hope they accepted. That was, that is the coolest story ever. I love that. Agreed. And just the confidence that all these folks are getting the, I mean, I, I can imagine the confidence that they get from this competition. And like you said, no matter where they place that they've learned something and that they've gone through it. And that's amazing. And for the companies, I mean, that's more stringent than any interview process that you'd ever gone through. No kidding. That's true. Right. The ultimate interview test. Exactly. Yep. To your point, Sally, for sure. They definitely are gaining a ton of confidence. I've seen some teams walk in there with, you could just tell that they're so not ready. And even during the day, you'll see them like we're we're last place. Like it doesn't like, you know, can you just take us off the scoreboard? Like, you know, we Mm kind of feel defeated and you'll get someone from a lab that comes through and is like, Hey, listen, like, don't look up at the board, ignore it. At this point, use it as a learning opportunity. What can you learn from the day? Even if it's one thing that you walk away with, who cares who wins? Just ignore it. it. We get the word of competitions in there. You see where you're at, ignore it. And at this point, it's like you against yourself. So like, what do you learn? What do you take from it? So, right. and we've had literally teams that have had conversations with the red team instead of like where red team was helping them like, hey, this is how you should secure your site. Just because it was the team's first time, it was like a lot of freshmen or people that have never really started the core curriculum in their school yet. So they did like, you know, the base gen eds, but never really got to understand what they like, how to harden a system. You could see by the end, just like the, the small confidence boosts you get from the students because it was like, all right, I don't care whether I was last place, first place, or, you know, 45th, you know, some of them is just, you're like, Hey, we bumped up 10 places from last year. That alone is a boost for them. Cause they're like, that means we learned something from last year, which kicked us up more, which, so my goal next year is for us to go 10 more places. And so for them, it's, you know, again, for a lot of them, it's, that's our goal is them against themselves versus them against everyone else in the room. Makes that's a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think you answered one of the th- questions that I was thinking too, was just program. Go- you mentioned the word goals and aspirations. I was just kind of thinking about, you know, it seems like it's evol- evolved so much every year. I can't believe how much it changes. We always, you know, get back in touch and talk about it and where it's gone. Do you have big thoughts for where it goes 20, 2025, 2030 or that far ahead? Or I mean... Our next, so we're, we're adding here in 2024, another virtual individual one. So we'll end up with three virtual, our one in person, which is our cyber force for further out down the road. Again, our goal is to kind of figure out what makes sense. Like what's the balance between, because it was obviously built for college students, but then the question lies is where's the balance lie for, you know, we've been using the non-traditional word, but like those that are not in college, and when non-traditional is like those that either maybe went directly into industry after high school, like we lose out on that talent. We lose out on the ability to help them skill themselves or whatnot. 
We're also missing out on the people that they did go to college, but then they went into industry for marketing, for business, for creative writing. And now they're like, hey, I went back to school or I'm taking a quick boot camp on cyber because that's where, you know, I figure I like it or I see money or whatever the reason is. And now they want to get into this, but how it's worded is more college student. And so how do we get them to also be able to skill themselves and how do we get energy to see them or even our, any of the other companies to see them? And so over the next couple of years, we're really going to start figuring out like which of the stuff that we have makes sense for them or what new would make sense for them. Because obviously a lot of the stuff was built with college age students in mind of like what really perks their interest. So some of the stuff is like video games and whatnot, yeah, which pizza. not to say that everyone wouldn't be interested in that, but it's not certain that some people would feel as captivated to like participate in a video game. So it's just trying to make sure like what the balance is for some of it. So I think that's, that's kind of the, the long-term goals for us at the moment. Well, under your leadership, they're going to happen for sure. It's amazing. <laughs> I just love what you've done with it, how much it's grown and everything. And you are a delight to talk to, as always. So it's well, so much fun to hang out with. We're the fun podcast. We try. Yeah. We try. We do what we can. It went by so fast and I'm inspired. I can't wait to be a volunteer. Heck yeah. Get out to Chicago. Yeah. I, I think it'd be fun. So we'll finally meet each other in person. Exactly. Right. We've only worked together for a year and a half. No right, big yeah. deal that we no, haven't seen no each other deal. face to face yeah. yet. Yeah. It's, it takes the uh, cyber, cyber force program to get us together. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Amanda, I learned so much from you, and I wish I would have met you when I first graduated from high school. I bet you would have got me totally into yes. cybersecurity. Right. I mean, if I just sat down and met you in a coffee shop, I'd be like, that's it. That's my career goal right there. Mm -hmm. You're very inspiring. It's, uh, I love the work you're doing. Thank you. Well, it's fun to hang out with you guys again. 